Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Well, a second day of some higher numbers on the grain complex. Nice to see livestock on the other hand. Well, believe it or not, cattle and hogs did okay. Feeder cattle had a bit of a struggle going on in the marketplace. A variety of things that we're going to look at on this Tuesday include what's been going on in South America. What are we hearing about when it comes to production numbers? We know that there's been early harvest underway. And let's kind of look at last week. Remember we had those contract highs. Add to that the funds. How did this all kind of work together? How do they participate? And how do we compare last week to what we're seeing this week? That and a whole lot much more as uh, Troy Nielsen joins us. He is with Smart Yield. And I think Detroit, to start out with, obviously a, another day of higher numbers in the grain complex, kind of setting the tone for the week. Absolutely. You know, it's a lot more fun doing the final bill when the markets are up as strong as they are. <laughs> There's a lot of truth to that. <laughs> Always makes it more fun to talk about the markets. But, um, you know, I think part of what we want to talk, I want to talk about is, is, you know, how did we get to where we're at as far as um, why did we see a rally um, during harvest and shortly after 2020 harvest because that's that's how we kind of got into this territory and that was a demand driven you know we had the dollar moving down from you know mid-august into the september and continued moving down and our export business really picked up at that time and demand was high so we had high demand we had high ethanol numbers we had high on feed numbers and so I think just um, overall demand, um, it's a demand-led rally, and that's how we got up into these territories that we're in. When I look at March soy or March corn at the 531 area, uh, March soybeans 1371, um, that's that's demand-driven. That's not because we had a short crop in this country. That's for sure. So. And then here we are into the first part of January. We get a big report. It was the WASDE report. Came out and said we're going to have additional acres. It added acres slightly to beans and a pretty good chunk of acres added to the corn. Everybody's reviewed those numbers. Hence, we had a a pretty decent sell-off in the corn and the beans from that. And so when when we see that, then I, I, I sat back and think, okay, our demand is still here. We had, um, we continue to have the dollar down again today as well. We had a um, on corn to China uh, overnight. We had a large ethanol sale to China um, today, uh, this morning as well. So demand continues to be very strong, dollar down. And, and so we're staying steady or strong in these markets above $5 on nearby corn, above 13 on beans, nearby beans. When will and if this will convert into new crop numbers, I think is the big question right now. And then you have to look at, well, who are the big players in this? And that's always the funds. You know, so you have to back up, in my opinion, and look at this and say, when we had this big run up that um, kind of topped out here in the last week, we had a, um, a peak position of a combined uh, of corn soybeans, wheat, soybean oil, and meal, um, and in livestock as well, of about 748,000 contracts. That's a massive, massive overall long position. They did back off of some of those numbers. We don't see it quite yet on commitment of traders, but um, what we're hearing is some of the funds have backed off. Maybe it's profit-taking because they've had long profits on for quite a while. So 
what we've seen is is they've backed off. They're still at about 690,000 range on overall uh, with the funds on the fund tracker. Um, so it's still a long position and they're still committed to this market. So that's where we're at. And now moving forward, then you start looking at, in my opinion, you start you have to look at South America because they're growing crops right now. Ours are in the bin. Um, so that's that's kind of where I think we lead into where how did we get to where we're at right now, Susan? So what are you hearing um, from those early numbers coming out of South America? We've seen some photos, but we know weather mm-hmm. has been hit and miss all across the, both those countries. Uh, what are you mm-hmm. seeing and what are you hearing at this point? Yeah, the two main ones, you're, of course, you're looking at Brazil, Argentina, and you know, the, the soy crop is at about 132, 133 million metric tons is their current estimate. The USDA had them at 133, so they're right in line with that. Um, corn was at 106 to 108. USDA put them at 109, just a little bit stronger. Um, you know, so the soy crop is, you know, has been steady um, to better over the last week um, as far as their um, development of the crop is concerned. They've had a, an abundant of rain in the southern portion. And so that's kind of taken the pressure off there. Um, but their crops look um, like they they've, uh, have had adequate moisture at this point. They're ad- estimating that that Mato Grosso area soy crop um, is about seven to ten days late right now because of early development was kind of slow. So that, you know, some of their, their crop is um, possibly in question. Argentina, not a lot different there. Um, the difference there is um, they're, they're estimating that um, they, they need moisture uh, on their corn and beans, but they've had some and they're anticipating more moisture here shortly. So they're estimating that that dry area to shrink a little bit. So they're, they're getting relieved a little bit of some pretty dry areas. And I know that um, looking at that safrina crop that's going to come here in, in the second wave, is there some concerns? Because I know that there's so many areas that are talked about being just too wet at this point. Yeah, and, and what the early talk was is that they would have some uh, areas and some acres destroyed because of too much moisture. They've kind of backed off that right now, saying that they're probably going to recover from most of that. So um, I think that aided to the, the bullishness of the market here at a period of time. That's kind of backed off. That's off the table just a little bit at this point. All right. Well, stick around, folks. We've got a lot more to come up as we continue our conversation with Troy Nielsen. We are going to look, of course, at some basis talk. We know that those numbers haven't had a lot of excitement as of late. We'll talk more. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. As we continue our conversation with Troy Nielsen, Troy, of course, is with Smart Yield. So you kind of heard me joke a little bit of a chuckle in my in my notation as we wrapped up the first half is is basis numbers. There hasn't been a lot of excitement. I know folks are going, come on, Susan, it's January, but basis has pretty much been unchanged for a while. And is that going to be kind of the feel, Troy, as we continue into the the last week here of, of January? Yeah, absolutely. That's a great question. I think I'll back up a little bit again on basis, just like we did the talk in the first segment, which is um, how did it get here? Where where did it come from? Well, last summer, basis started improving. Um, here in central Nebraska, we see it um, as well as 
you know, to the river moving east, uh, we saw basis improvement starting in the middle of the summer. Um, it got to some really favorable areas. Um, we started locking some bases, getting ready for harvest. And then through harvest, basis really even got better yet. It got friendlier and tighter. So we were really encouraged by that, took advantage of some good, great basis, actually, corn and beans. Um, and then after harvest, it, it continued. Uh, it stayed strong. It stayed healthy. Um, just here recently, we've had a, the basis back off a little bit um, from his, the earlier highs and, and um, kind of stabilized. It hasn't really reversed on us, but it's kind of stabilized. Uh, where does that go from here is always the big question, right? You know, we who knows? Nobody knows that. But when you look at um, ethanol numbers, when you look at on-feed numbers, and then if you look at where we're at with 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 our stocks, with ethanol, with with uh, you know new crop demand from the world, my opinion is I think we should see basis continue to be healthy, and at times maybe even get tighter as well. And and even though basis feels like it moves at a snail's pace and it's really not worth watching all that close, it is worth it because it moves um, as well and. and you can lock basis at different times um, without locking the rest of the contract, I'll just say. And so basis is a big deal. And I think here in the West, we've seen bean basis as attractive as it has been for quite a while. Um, and, and, and then on, and on corn also, um, it's been a long time since we've seen this. So backing up to 2012, 13, and those years when we had a big move up on the futures, the basis widened. And it was pretty wide back in those years, but we didn't care because we had fantastic future prices. Well, now we also have a friendly basis as well or a healthy basis that doesn't cut into that um, that cash contract too deep. So um, I think I think we're um, looking at some some favorable basis that moving into this summer as well, as long as demand continues. And demand has been there not only in country, but globally, the amount. I mean, we just look in the last 24 hours the amount of export opportunity that has come our way. Yeah, it's really been um, strong, absolutely. And these bull markets need fed. They got fed, um, you know, corn uh, sale, uh, ethanol sale. So the bull markets continue to get fed. That's good. Um, And then we're coming into a period of time here where we'll be talking about this March 31st planting intentions report. And that's always a big deal. Will we have less wheat? Will we have less cotton? Will we have, you know, continued more corn, continued more beans? And we keep an eye on that too. We we watch the new crop corn to bean ratio, and we, you know, to see what is more favorable at that time. Everybody has their rotations for agronomy purposes, but you also want to take a look at the uh, uh, profitability um, in those crops as well. And so we do watch that corn to bean ratio as well. And that, that's, that's coming into a period of time where it really matters here in the next 60 days, that's for sure. You know, and you bring that up, and it, it seems, we were talking about this last week, it just feels odd to be in the month of January and already be talking about corn versus bean acres. And it's not just folks in your position. We're hearing a lot of farmers talking about it, too. Yeah, you're exactly right. It's a whole lot bigger deal right now because we are sitting here with, you know, uh, nearby corn over five bucks. New new crops at 4.44 on the close today, because we have such favorable um, futures markets, favorable basis markets. Um, it's a big decision. Where sometimes it's not quite as as big of a decision 
when we're just trying to sell above break even. There's some nice profits to be had out there. And so that has to be taken into account when it comes to your marketing plan for new crop. Um, and of course your agronomy rotation is very important too, but you need to know where your profitability is at and then what to do with it. And you know, when you look at the way the funds were last week and how they participated, that's going to change the tone for everything as well as we move forward. Yeah, that's exactly right. We're real curious to see if the funds, you know, continue adding or add back into this con, into these contracts. Um, everybody's, you know, looking, okay, was, was that a high of our market? Was, is this just a correction? Will we go back and challenge them? We don't know those things. So our, our approach on it is definitely, you have to have a risk management plan, a marketing plan. It's got to be in writing. And here at Smart Yield, of course, we help guys with that. For folks to get a hold of you. Yeah, just call our office here in Kearney, uh, 308-234-6805. And that's the Fontenelle Final Bell brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all of your local dealers on the Rural Radio Network.